You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Well, good morning, good afternoon, depending on where you are residing at this point here in the good old U.S. of A. Uh, I am your host, Dr. Jeff Werber, here with you for the next 30 minutes on Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff here on Pet Life Radio. We are the, uh, the only live call-in show here on Pet Life Radio, and live call-in means that you're supposed to call in. I'm sitting here, here in Los Angeles at uh, uh, my, my home studio waiting to hear from you. I'm here to help you out with your pets, answer your questions, help solve some problems if you have any, and the best news of all, it's free. You don't have to make an appointment with your doctor and go in and pay an office call. All you have to do is pick up the phone and give us a call at 877-385-8882. It's easy to get a hold of me. Uh, you can also just join in on the conversation. If you log on to Pet Life Radio, click on the tab, Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff, and you can send me a quick email. It'll be forwarded to me live as we speak to Dr. Jeff. that's Dr. Jeff, at PetLifeRadio.com. So you have no excuses, none whatsoever. And as I said, not only, not only is it free, but by calling in, joining us on the conversation, letting us hear your voice or your print on the uh, computer, and we will actually send you out a ProSense pet product and a Kong toy. These are our sponsors. Without them, we wouldn't be here to help you. You know, it's funny. I'm giving this away. You know, I have clients that come in. We'll make the office call, make an appointment, and we'll talk. And, you know, oftentimes, and this is what you're learning from me here on the show, is that we don't have to panic. You get a really thorough history. You do a thorough exam. And oftentimes that you don't even have to do a single test. And I'll talk to a client about some of the possibilities. Let's try this. And, and that try this usually means that we don't have to panic. We don't have to do anything now. And, and clients actually love it. It's great. But here I am giving advice and it's free without even having to make the office call. And even then my clients complain. They say, they say, well, but you just talked to me for 15, 20 minutes and, and now you're going to charge. Well, yeah, because I saved you hundreds of dollars had you gone someplace else. So anyway, give us a call here at 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882. And as I mentioned, I always have a game plan. My lesson plan for the day, if you will. And if you don't call, I have to talk to you about something. And we've been doing a series, first, of some common ailments that the the gamut of workup, of treatment, really ranges. And we've talked about vomiting. I mean, there are vomiting cases, I, probably most that we see, are not serious at all. Limping. So we've gone through all the different things that, that you might bring your pet in for and try to help you sift through the diagnostic procedures that your veterinarian may or may not want to do based on the history and the physical exam. Then we moved on to some of our metabolic diseases, and um, we had spoken about Cushing's disease last week. And just as a, a refresher, Cushing's disease is an over-secretion of either the adrenal gland itself, as in Cushing's disease, or the pituitary gland, which signals the adrenal gland to fire and release the cortisol hormones, and that is the case of Cushing's syndrome. Very common. You know, we used to think that the Cushing's syndrome, in other words, the pituitary problem, was the more common condition in the small breeds. And the actual Cushing's disease, which is the problem of the adrenal gland itself, was a problem in the larger breeds. 
And we have since learned, many believe that you really can't tell. We see both of them in both. The test that we do, we talked about last week, the low-dose dexamethasone suppression test, will help us often determine which is which, and we have to treat accordingly. We talked about the different treatments. In the case of adrenal disease, adrenal tumor, surgery is an option. In the case of the pituitary problem or non-surgical disease, there is a medication that we are have sort of been using lately called trilostane under the trade name Veteral that has replaced the mitotane or OPDDD, lysodrin, which was the drug and still often is the drug that we often use. But now I just wanted to switch gears a bit to Addison's disease. And Addison's disease is, is a real interesting disease because it's very difficult, unlike Cushing's, that has, um, I mean, such clear clinical signs. I mean, it's that dog, usually dogs, that are drinking water like it's going out of style, peeing, therefore, like it's going out of style. Their skin that gets very thin and greasy, and, and they, they kind of get this, this appearance of a rounded appearance, which is very similar to uh, dogs that are getting too much cortisone. And that's exactly what's going on in the body. The doctor's not giving too much cortisol, as in case what we call iatrogenic Cushing's. This is the body giving itself too much cortisol. And therefore, the history, the clinical, the signs that we're going to see are very similar to that of the dog who's receiving too much cortisone, too much prednisone. So with Addison's, it's the exact opposite. And it's much harder to diagnose. It's not so much harder to diagnose. It's much harder to tell because the signs are much more subtle. Maybe. And oh, one thing about Addison's disease, all of the signs that we're going to discuss are maybes. Like you don't even see it all the time. And not every dog is going to present the same way. But some of the things we look at are going to be vomiting, excessive water drinking. So as we mentioned this, you're going to say to yourself, oh my God, but we talked about vomiting for all these other conditions. So that's why it's such a puzzle. This is one that sort of a lot of what we call ADR ain't doing right. Just a little bit off. You can't really pinpoint it. They just don't have the energy they used to. Maybe a less of ability to respond to trauma, slower healing, episodic shivering and shaking, where you'll notice your dog just going through these fits where there's like a little muscle weakness and or maybe a, a shivering, trembling episodes. Almost looks like maybe a minor little petted mall seizures. And that's it. I mean, they're very subtle. So they're brought into your veterinarian because of problems that just you can't really pinpoint, but it's just there. We do see this more frequently in the females than males. It's usually the middle-aged female where we see it the most. And the symptoms, as I said, are are very difficult to really to pinpoint exactly. And then we get our blood test back. And one value that we clearly see abnormal in most of these cases, and I've learned over the years, there's no such thing as the absolutes. It's not all, it's not none, it's not always, it's not never, But because that's going to get you into trouble. Because as I always joke, we read the books, we went to school, apparently your pets have not. So they don't always know how they are supposed to react to something, how they are supposed to behave under certain conditions, how they are supposed to present when they have a certain disease. So all this data is based on the averages, the norms, the mosts, but never the alls. So... Again, most of the cases we have, we look at the sodium-potassium ratio, and we see it low. Now, there's a low normal typically of 27, and we will see this low sometimes as low as 23, 24. I used to use 24 as my quote-unquote low, and now they're even saying 25, meaning that if you have a sodium-potassium ratio of 25 or less and any semblance of the clinical symptoms of Addison's, you should go ahead and have your dog tested for Addison's. And the test we use for Addison's is obviously similar. It is 
one of the two tests that are often used for Cushing's. Now, if you were tuned in last week, and of course, paying attention, with the test that we used to use a lot, and still better names do, for Cushing's, is called the ACTH response test, the adrenocorticotropic hormone response test, where we give the adrenocorticotropic hormone, that's the hormone that typically comes from the pituitary gland to stimulate the adrenal gland to fire. And when we give ACTH to a dog with Cushing's, that same amount of stimulus with Cushing's stimulates that adrenal way more. So the post-ACTH cortisol levels are much higher than they would be if this were a normal dog. What we see with Addison's disease is a low pre-cortisol level. And then even after we go ahead and stimulate the adrenal to fire, the post-ACTH value is also low. And often, it doesn't even change at all. I mean, sometimes it'll go as low as 0.1 before. You stimulate them with the ACTH hormone, value is 0.1. That is classic, classic Addison's disease. So now also, the reason why the gamut of potential symptoms are so different with Addison's, with the hypo or low secretion of the adrenal gland, it's because there are the different zones of the adrenal. And when with Addison's disease, it's not just the zone, glomerulosa, which actually will control the secretion of the cortisol, but it also is a zone that is responsible for the mineralocorticoids, thus your sodium and potassium ratios. So when we have these imbalances, there is more symptomology that we see in the body. And often, as I mentioned, it's very subtle. So once Addison's is diagnosed, the treatments vary. Again, we have the old standard, which if many of you have had pets, dogs with Addison's disease, years ago, you probably remember giving a pill every day called Florinef, and you probably were also giving a little bit of, and I mean a very small amount of daily prednisone. Much smaller dose, by the way, than you would use if you were trying using it to treat an anti-inflammatory condition. And way smaller than that even if you were using it to treat an immunosuppressive, an immune-mediated condition where, where you were using the cortisone as an immunosuppressive agent because as we know, that dose is four times the dose of anti-inflammatory. And with using it to supplement the very, very small amount of the hormone that we need for cases of Addison's, we just give a, I mean, it might be for a 50-pound dog that you might get one milligram. I mean, it's very small. It's just to give the body that small amount that it needs to offer to provide the necessary steroid for the day-to-day function. And the key is the Florinef. Now, we actually have a, another medication that has gained a lot of favor. Certainly, for the pet parent, it's a lot easier. And that is an injection the medication is called Percortin. It is given, well, here's another one. We used to give it uh, based on weight, a weighted dose, and given every 25 days. And then we've noticed, again, not every dog is the same. So we are now finding out that some dogs could use it every 40 or 41 days. And there is a veterinary internist, university uh, internist, and I forget what school she's at, but she's been writing a lot of really, really cool papers that almost like a homeopathic type of medication that you can give a tenth of the dose of the Percortin and it would actually do the same job. And she is an advocate of using the smallest amount of Percortin that will satisfy the needs of the patient and 
giving them as long as it takes in between. If you can get up to 30 to 35, 40 days, do it. And, um, and that's also gaining a lot of favor. Uh, it's something you need to talk to your veterinarian about, but it is, it's a very, very treatable condition. It's time for a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of the other reasons that dogs can get Madison's, and we're also going to talk about a pretty funky treatment for Cushing's disease to actually turn them into an Addisonian, which, as I mentioned, is a lot easier to treat. So when we come back, don't go away. Stay tuned here at Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. We'll be back with you in just a minute. We'll be right back, right after these messages. Stay tuned. Introducing the new Brett Michaels Pets Rock Collection, exclusively at PetSmart. I created it for the pets that rock your world. Shop the Brett Michaels Pets Rock Collection and celebrate PetSmart's 25th anniversary with up to 25% off thousands of items on the PetSmart site. Plus, free shipping on orders of $49 or more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com. That's PetSmartDeal.com. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. This is my tired of itching face. Does your dog suffer from persistent itching and scratching? Allergies and skin irritations caused by environment, including pollens, insects, especially fleas, food and common household allergens are common problems in dogs. It's easy to alleviate your dog's discomfort at home with ProSense. ProSense itch and allergy products provide fast relief from symptoms like itchy, irritated skin, skin infections like hot spots and watery eyes. ProSense products are veterinary formulated and recommended to ensure the very best for your pet. Try ProSense today. Your dog will thank you for it. Pets love life. Love them back with ProSense. Victoria Schaefer, aspiring actress, babysitter extraordinaire, college student, and animal enthusiast is on her own for the first time in New York City. Follow Victoria and her two dogs, Rue and Echo, as she cares for her furry friends and juggles home life and career, all the while managing to survive in the world's most hectic city. The exciting animal adventures and secret stories from both ends of the leash that make up the tales of the city. Every week on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. And uh, if you're joining me just now here on Pet Life Radio, I'm your host, Dr. Jeff Werber. Ask the best with Dr. Jeff, where I am here for you to answer your questions, discuss dog and cat issues, just kind of help make that bond even better. I, you know, obviously, it's the best thing in the world. I'm having 13 pets at home. I can only tell you that uh, it is the best thing in the world. I wish they made a bed bigger than a California king. I think I can get more dogs that way because right now it's pretty full. And before the break, we were talking about continuing with our endocrine-related conditions. We were talking about Addison's disease, having spoken about Cushing's disease last week. And now we're on to Addison's disease. And we were, by the way, the join in the conversation box here on my computer is blank, as is our email to Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com. That's not good. You know, guys, I'm getting a complex here. I want somebody – you don't have to ask me a question. You just have to log on and in those one of those boxes just say – Hey, Dr. Jeff, then I'll at least know you're alive 
and somewhat paying attention. Maybe then if you do that, you'll have the courage to actually ask me a question about your past. You know, if I'm using my small microcosm of my own clients as any indication, I know that you guys are loaded with questions because I get them all the time and I just have a small animal practice. So I can only imagine multiplying the numbers of people here on Pet Life Radio with the number of dogs and cats out there that are listening to us. Then I know you have more questions than that. So give us a call. So back to Addison's disease. So one of the other conditions that we see with Addison's and one of the other causes of Addison's is that when we have animals that are being given prednisone, cortisones, inappropriately, and by that I mean they're either giving too high a dose for too long a period or for too frequently administered. In other words, one of the important things about using corticosteroids is that we know this adrenal gland is on board. And what does this adrenal gland do? One of its jobs is to secrete cortisol. Well, what happens is if we are giving, and as I mentioned, when it comes to testing, it's all about the feedback mechanism, meaning when the body senses that there's enough cortisol on board, it kicks back and says, hey, I don't got to work because there's plenty there. So this poor adrenal gland is functioning based on feedback mechanisms from the body. So the pituitary is not going to fire if it really senses through the feedback enough steroid on board, nor will the adrenal gland. Ah, so what happens? In cases where cortisone is given inappropriately, where the drug itself is not being respected, if you will, that we can create an Addisonian. So first we have a what we call iatrogenic Cushing's. We are creating Cushing's because we're giving too much steroid to our pets or your veterinarian or somebody's not paying attention. And then the poor adrenal gland who's sitting back and how hasn't had to function in weeks and weeks and weeks or months and months. And it, in a sense, it atrophies. In a sense, when you need it to turn back on, it's not working anymore. We've actually blown out the adrenal gland. And so we now have created an Addisonian because of our poor use of cortisone. One of the things I say about prednisone, it is one of the most used drugs in veterinary medicine, but it's also one of the most abused drugs in veterinary medicine. It is being used, as I said, it's not being respected. It is a fantastic medication. And any one of the clients come in and say, oh, no, no, we can't use steroids. We heard so many horror stories. No, it's not the drug itself. The drug itself has amazing implications. We can use it all the time. The applications are just are endless, but we have to be careful how we use it. We have to make sure that we are not using it daily. We have to make sure we are not going to suppress the adrenal gland too much. And we have to, you know, if we realize that we have to use it longer term, we need to, may need to bring in some other medications. For example, as immunosuppressive agents, if you you have a a dog with immune-mediated hemolytic anemia, needs to be on steroids, we're limited as to how much cortisone we want to use, so we may bring in azathioprine, Imuran. We may bring in cyclophosphamide, which is cytoxin. We may bring in another drug to use in conjunction with to suppress that immune system so the body doesn't continue to attack its own red blood cells, but we have to be careful with using cortisol, sometimes cortisones, as our only medication. So that brings me then to another treatment of Cushing's, as we mentioned last week. In certain countries, the whole method of treating the Cushing's dog is completely different. The old drug we used to use was called OPDDD or Lysadrin or Mitotain, different names for the same medication. And it would actually destroy the various zones as needed, especially the zone secreting the cortisol, 
but it also would have effect on some of the other zones. And the goal was to titrate this medication so it would just give enough zonar destruction to normalize the pet, okay? And we would monitor this via the ACTH response test. Well, it is very difficult to do. It's, every dog is different, and to just get it just right and to have to do the ACTH response frequently. So what would happen is there would be frustration. And again, this was before the trilostane came out, which is a, a bit of a different drug. So what was done in some places, in some country, it is so difficult to treat these Cushing's dogs. Let's use this drug, the OPDDD, and to heck with it. Let's just zone out, blow out that adrenal gland because we know that it's much easier to treat Addison's. And they would literally just use it to high dose, destroy the adrenal gland altogether, and then go ahead. And now you've created, through your treatment of Cushing's, you've created an Addisonian, a condition that is a low or non-secretion of the adrenal gland, the exact opposite of Cushing's, but, and you treat that accordingly. You treat it with your either your fluoronef or your percortin. You treat it with your very very small amount of cortisone on an, every, you know, on an everyday basis. You don't have to worry anymore about the uh, ruining the adrenal gland. It's already shot. And it's an easier way, according to many, to treat these dogs. So, you know, it just shows you that throughout the world, there are many, many ways, different ways to treat these cases. But I think some of the take-home lessons are starting to recognize your dog's norm. And we talk about it all the time. Back when I started the show, we had a whole day on just on really understanding your dog or cat's normal behavior, normal activity, normal appetite, just everything about them. Because sometimes the changes that we see are so subtle that if you really don't have a handle, a grasp on what their normal is, you may not recognize their abnormal. So therefore, it's very important to do that. And then what will happen is once you do, you'll start noticing some of these subtle changes, as I said, especially with Addison's disease, where unlike Cushing's, where you know they're going to present typically with that PUPD, excessive peeing, excessive water drinking, you'll notice it. You're going to notice their, their appetite change. You're going to notice their skin. You're going to notice their roly-poly round uh, appearance, the redistribution of fat. I mean, there are so many things that you'll pick up on a dog with Cushing's, but you don't see the same with Addison's. And sometimes it's just going to be that shivering, shaking, those episodic weakness. You're going to notice maybe some vomiting. You're going to notice maybe some excessive water drinking. But again, some of these symptoms are so similar to many other diseases, it's not going to really just point to Addison's disease. But again, having that female, young to middle-aged, you know, you have a four, three-year-old dog, five-year-old dog, you don't think many things can happen. Addison's, Addison's can happen. So uh, next week, what we're going to do is we're going to continue our endocrine series. We're going to talk about hypo and hyperthyroidism. I don't know if I can get them all into one day. The hypothyroid is that which we're going to see in dogs. And the hyperthyroid is what we're going to see in cats. As a matter of fact, my own cat just finished his treatment. My uh, almost 17-year-old magnificent Oreo, is a, he's obviously a black and white. He's like a Maine Coon Norwegian forest cat cross. He is huge. A cat that I'll tell you a story about next week, how we got him. But uh, he dropped almost eight pounds. I mean, that's a lot of weight for a big guy like that. And um, anyway, he's, he's getting back to normal. Uh, he did amazingly well. So we'll talk about that. Also, once again, want to thank our sponsors, ProSense Pet Products, which are over-the-counter products available to you uh, and basically veteran quality. And of course, Calm. Now, <clears throat> giving you the hint next week hypothyroidism mostly in dogs hyper in cat if you have any questions about Cushing's or Addison's I want to hear from you you can send me 
a an email to drjeff at petliferadio.com or just be prepared to log in next week and join us here at Pet Life Radio, 877-385-8882. I want you to have a wonderful week, and we'll see you here next Sunday. Thanks for joining. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.